Hey guys, welcome to the Jesus Culture Podcast. We are so glad that you are with us today. I'm excited. We have some special guests on. Phil, as always, joining us from Atlanta. Hey guys. Phil, <laughs> Phil's head. <laughs> Phil's head from Atlanta. Oh, we have a great topic today. We're talking about transition. Um, and this is a, it's a big topic. It's an interesting word. And we're going to talk about, it's really change, change, change of seasons, changing um, what's going on in our, in our lives. Um, and we're going to talk about that. And we have a unique opportunity to chat with you guys. But before we get into the topic and all of that, can you tell our listeners um, who you guys are and what you've been doing for the last while? And yeah. Yeah, Eric and Candace Johnson from Reading, where you guys all were at one time. Yes. <laughs> and it's so good to be back with you guys. Uh, we are in the middle of transition. We're actually currently on sabbatical. We're resting and talking with friends. And unemployed. Unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've, we've been pastoring at Bethel and Reading for almost the last decade, which has been such an incredible journey and privilege and honor. We um, have grown a lot and learned a lot in the last 10 years. Um, And the interesting thing is we never thought that we would ever be transitioning out of that space. And so we're in a very unique moment. But Bethel, you know, is is an incredible church, uh, a a movement. It's been um, just such an honor to be a part of. It's a church of 11,000 people in a city of 90, almost 90,000. So even all the dynamics and stuff, it was just so fun to be a part of. And Mm -hmm. so now we have transitioned out of that space as of the end of January. It is February now. And um, so that's where we're at right now. Yeah, we're three weeks into a three-month off sabbatical. And uh, it's good. I'm starting to get bored. (laughs) Oh, yeah. A couple days ago, he was uh, like, "Uh, I wonder what we're going to do next. (laughs) But I'm like, but I know I need to be bored. I've heard that's good. Yeah. And so, I was just waiting. At what point do I get bored? Well, it's happening, but it's good. So, um, yeah, our goal to be bored for as long as possible. I love Becky that you presented that as if people don't know who Eric and Candace are. It's like, mm, who, you know, listen, <laughs> would you guys just, you know, these two yeah. random obscure people that are now on the podcast with us? We we tell us who you are and where you come from. And, right. I was just gonna say they pastor a small church. You might have heard of it. It's all just been part of something small, and it, you know, we're, we're today we're really trying to champion the small church pastor who. <laughs> We we get we got it. We uh, we did that for many years, and we're about to probably do that again. So 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 Bethel Church, you guys were the the lead pastors for ten years. Mm -hmm. So and Bethel Church again, yes, a significant church. The reason that I am sitting where I am is I moved from Indiana, from literal nowhere. Wheatfield, Indiana, nowhere town, Indiana, to Redding, California, to another random. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. When I was telling people, I'm going for big things, I'm moving to Redding, California, people are like, Where? Where is that? <laughs> Where yeah. is that? Um, to go to the School of Ministry. Um, and it absolutely, absolutely changed my life. Um, I don't know if you remember, but uh, I remember you and Derek in second year. Yes, I was going to say, we, yeah. we did second year. Our second year school of ministry, we were we were newlyweds. had been married for um, just a couple of months, and you were over the school. Mm-hmm. So I was going to say, you know, context is, that's it's not just where you were for 10 years. It, it was yeah, 18 years. Yeah, we were 18 there on years. staff for 18. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eric was uh, actually grew up in Weaverville, which is just an hour into the mountains. But mm-hmm. uh, we've been there in our married life 18 years. Yeah, yeah so... Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, and we remember you were over second year, and we had a conversation with you. Uh, we we needed to 
we weren't, we didn't have any money, <laughs> newlyweds, students, and we had no money. This, so we yeah. thought, okay, one of us has to quit the school. Which one is it going to be? And, and is this the right move for us? And so uh, I remember sitting there with, with my husband and, and we, it's so funny. We talked, I, I'm looking over at Derek, who's our producer off camera, but we were talking just the other day about that conversation and uh, just the simple advice you gave us about finishing well. Mm-hmm. And you said it's important, you know, whatever you do. You didn't really answer our question for us. We were hoping you would, like, tell us this is exactly what you need to do. But as a good leader, you asked us tons of questions. And, you know, you said it's important to finish well. Mm -hmm. And um, that was all we needed to hear. And, you know, decided that finishing well meant we were going to make quite a bit of sacrifices. Mm -hmm. And we were going to live on a tiny, tiny budget. That's cool. But we could do it. Yeah. And it was worth the sacrifice of living really small and trusting the Lord for so that cool. was worth finishing well. And one of the best, obviously, one of the best decisions we made was that we, we both stayed in it and we finished well. And, then, and you did. Good yeah. job. Yeah. Here we are. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, so you guys are, if, you know, if people, Bethel is a very public ministry mm-hmm. and very well known. So if anybody's following along, they might know that you guys have made an announcement that you are yeah. transitioning. <laughs> Yeah, we we made the announcement and we actually said goodbye. Yes. So we are out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we uh, we describe it our our analogy or met, not metaphor analogy would be we've left a room and now we're in a hallway, yeah. <laughs> and we don't know where the next room is just yet, but we're in the hallway. That's so that's kind of that's probably the most accurate analogy right now. I mean, there's interesting way. There's different ways that we all transition. Sometimes we transition because someone invites us to do something new, or mm-hmm. we get a job offer, or we choose to do something else. So we have to let go of what we are currently doing. And then sometimes we transition because you just lose that sense of peace, or you get um, a stirring, or an irritation, or mm-hmm. something just begins to not feel like right anymore. Mm-hmm. But you don't know where you're supposed to go next. And then we all get the choice of what we. We do when we start feeling that rumbling inside of us. Yeah. So we had felt that rumbling for quite some time, and um, hence we made the decision. But um, to be completely honest and candid, we don't have something else in our pocket. So we are just unemployed. Our kids are 19 and 21, and so we're empty nesters. And we are just saying um, yes to stepping out into the unknown. I kind of call it cliff jumping. I was talking to our church because we— in. Uh, in Reading, I mean, when you're at Bethel, you hear so many stories about people saying, I, I was a doctor in this location, and I just felt like, you know, the Lord was calling me to this place in Reading. I didn't even know about Bethel. Or, I mean, I left everything and decided to just follow God and go to the school of ministry. Yeah. All different people in all different walks of life and all different careers have left so much to just pursue the Lord. And so we're surrounded by people who I call them cliff jumpers. Like yeah. they're willing to leave and jump to say yes to God for anything. And I feel like we're in good company as we're doing this. I'm like, we're joining you. Yeah, <laughs> we just don't know what's be. next yet. <laughs> yeah. And so I think, yeah. Go ahead, Becky. I just think it's such an interesting moment to, to have you two here to mm-hmm. talk about, um, you know, so rarely do you do people find themselves in, in yeah. that mm-hmm. position? Because, you know, it's not like something that we just sign up for, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm going to yeah. jump into the unknown. <laughs> and so to have a conversation with you guys um, right in the midst of it on what, you know, what God is speaking and what got you guys here mm-hmm. and what you're learning, I think will be so relevant for people because yeah. as we were saying, if people have not experienced change, if you've lived a life mm-hmm. where you've miraculously not experienced change, 2020 came and yeah. just <laughs> turned, turned, so true. turned it upside down mm-hmm. for everyone. So. Yeah. And, you know, I know so much of my life has been defined 
in those transition moments, like all of ours, right? This is, this is not your first transition. All of us have made several, but I even think back the, the most significant transition in my adult life was when Emily and I moved to Atlanta to plant the square and just everything that came with that. And, you know, now looking back, I mean, it's amazing the amount of uh, beauty and the amount of pain that that transition comes with, which is often what makes transitions so hard is that they're filled with both. And if you're not, not walking it out the right way, you know, the pain voice can become loud. And I, here's what I'd love. I'd love to just start by asking you guys, like, just talk about this. You know, it's really interesting talking with you, like Becky said, in the middle, right? This is kind of a unique perspective. You're not starting towards and you're not looking back. You are in the middle. And yeah. I'd love to just hear like, how has it been? What has it been like? How, what has been the beauty? What has been the pain? What has, what has actually entering into this transition been like? Yeah, I think um, the thing when we made the decision and when we started moving toward the actual public announcement and then stepping into what we're in now of this, this hallway space, uh, sabbatical, we had to kind of, for me, we had to, I think Candace would say the same, we had to become friends with uncertainty. Mm. And that was, that for me, because I, it, what we're doing on some level, it kind of counter Western normals. Like you leave something to go to something and, but if we, you know, because we're all Jesus followers, that whole nomadic lifestyle, that whole, like, I'm just going to explore and see where the Lord takes us. I mean, it's just throughout the scripture. That's so clear. So it, it's actually kind of, there's actually a joy in it. It's like, wow, we're, we're, we're getting close, as close as we can to kind of how people did it in scripture. Now, we obviously live, you know, we have a home, so it's not any, com- it's not, not comparable. <laughs> yeah, there, there's none nomadic. of that going on. But within our context of Western culture, it is like, oh, wow, we're in a space like we really don't know where and what. We're dreaming like crazy. But I think just becoming friends with not knowing where we're going or what we're doing, that was for me. And I, I, don't, I don't need a lot to hold on to. I just need, like, give me a why and give me a where. But right now we're like, our why is clear, but our where is like we don't know where. And so becoming friends with uncertainty it's actually been, it's a developing relationship. So to answer your question, Bill, like <laughs> I'm cool. developing a relationship with uncertainty. And even, you know, three days ago, I told Canada, I'm getting bored. And I realized all oh, the other, if, if I don't keep that, those thought processes underneath the shadow of God, mm-hmm. then that's where worry comes in. Like, uh-oh, we got, we got to, you know, we start, I start getting antsy. But I think, you know, for me, it's becoming friends with uncertainty and just not forcing anything. And the other thing that's a part of this too is we feel a, a wind on our back. Mm-hmm. We don't know exactly where it's blowing us, but we don't feel resistance. Mm-hmm. And I, we've been in other transitions where it's like, there's just a bit more work. We don't feel that at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's much more like the wind on our back, the Lord's speaking to us, and unique things are happening practically in our life. Uh, the, the gift that Bethel bought us just feels very significant and prophetic. So it's just like, oh, wow, the Lord just involved in this process. So that's been really fun and enjoyable. But I think the only reason that you can say that is there's a level of peace and faith involved in everything. Uh-huh. Because the reality is we are very committed people. You just referred to us as nomads. <laughs> um, but <laughs> you probably couldn't. Me? Um, me. <laughs> on, this, on the scale of responsibility and commitment, like we are very committed and very responsible 
almost over. Like I have to be like, I am not God. God's responsible for this. Let it go because I will take responsibility for myself and then things I probably shouldn't. So that's my own journey. But in that, um, there is tension because you talk about the beauty and the pain. The pain has been uh, letting go of a lot of that responsibility and things that we deeply love. You know, like talk about people. Like I love those people that call Bethel home, Mm -hmm. like deeply and fully committed to them and not just them, but even the team that we created and ran with, I I just couldn't find finer people on the planet. Mm -hmm. So when we transition to say yes to God, yes, there's that peace and that faith. But at the same time, it's like, gosh, to to say yes to that, I have to say goodbye to all of this. Mm -hmm. So there there was a deep grieving. Yeah. The you know, as far as pain, that was the hardest part. And it's the it's grieving unfinished vision. Mm. Because we were literally we were in Reading leading Bethel for the rest of our life. That's how we were all it was all in. Our hearts. I mean, everything we were doing at Bethel was with the next twenty, thirty years of mind mm-hmm. and even beyond that, but for our part. And then even the home that we bought, what we were doing at the home, we live on 15 acres and we have trees that we planted that are for the grandkids to claim in someday. We have an orchard. Uh, we're get, I mean, we were just like literally developing 15 acres to make it really hard for our kid not to bring, I mean, we, oh, want, yeah. like, <laughs> we want them to bring the grandkids. So, I mean, that's just how in we were. And then to go, oh, our future is not that. Can, so that's a, so yeah. grieving unfinished vision yeah. was really painful. There's still some sense of it, but most of it has happened, at least of our awareness. But that was really painful. A lot of tears, mm-hmm. a lot of anger, like yeah. really angry. Just yeah. angry, and just sad. sad. Sadness and anger probably. Just sadness and emotions. anger was like just alive and well. I'll just put it that way. So how, how you know, I'm thinking you're in it. You had no plans to leave. You were no. not thinking like, you know, after you know, after a while or you're not looking elsewhere. No. So what I mean, the rattle must have been so hard. <laughs> the the voice of the Lord, what that stirring that you were saying must have been so significant mm-hmm. to take you from planting trees for the grandkids to, okay, I'm gonna embrace uncertainty. And yeah. what was that process like? How do you how do you <laughs> how'd you know? Yeah. I mean, there's symptoms along the way from stuff, but you can feel great. How do we know that grace is lifting? Yeah. And ir- yeah. irritation. What I'm going to say there's tension in saying even the word irritation because I think sometimes irritation, we just need to lean into it. Right. And I would say that we've yeah. done this. We were uh, pastoring this church for uh, almost 10 years, right. and I would say there was irritation the entire time. <laughs> so, so when I say irritation, that's not a sign that you need to stop. But um, something begins. Or just tension, irritation. Irritation. Yeah. And irritation creates mm-hmm. pearls. I mean, there's beauty in irritation. Yeah. So I don't say run from it. But when you hear, when you get irritation, then there's even a bit of heart change of like, is this what you, 2020 even ex- exacerbated it even more of asking like, is this the life that you want to live for the re- for like 10 more years, 15 yeah. more years? How sustainable is this? Mm-hmm. You're just asking questions before God. And for me, the the tipping point or the moment of change really became when you got honest before God, like, God, I'm wholeheartedly looking at you. I'm opening everything, the good, the bad, the ugly of me, the situation. 
And um, what do I hear you saying in that place? Mm -hmm. And I actually felt, and I'd been asking him questions for a long time. There, I'm such a committed person, even in irritation. I'm like, oh no, you just keep going. Mm -hmm. You forge ahead. <laughs> I'm disciplined. Yeah. I know who you are. I know what you're saying. I'm just going to put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. I believe in truth. I'm going to just speak out in faith. So I was doing that for years. And then I felt like last year something changed because of irritation, because the symptoms of like, I don't actually want to go to work today. And I like working. I love hard work. Um, and there were just things that just started to feel like, I don't know if this is the right place for me. And mm -hmm. so I took it personal at first. Like, I don't know if it's the right place for Candace, not talking Eric and Candace, like mm -hmm. maybe Eric can just pastor the church and I do something different. I don't know. Um, and, and I'd be willing to take ownership of that. Mm -hmm. But that began this opening, this door before God, when I gave myself permission to be honest and to feel. So I'm a very logical, go off of truth. You don't just go off of how you feel. But I, I, I felt like, no, but actually I need to give myself permission to feel. And mm -hmm. what I began to feel was sadness, um, things that made me, um, maybe some anger, some other things. Um, and then it led me down the road of, actually, I, I felt like God said, ask me questions. It's okay for you to ask questions. So I began to ask questions. Should we be staying here, God? Do you have mm -hmm. something else for us? Mm -hmm. Is this the best way for me to steward what you put on my life? Mm -hmm. So asking him questions, but I tell you for like a couple years, I was asking questions. Wow. And then at the, at the point of um, turn, at the turning point, I'm asking God and I feel like I'm just wholeheartedly looking at him, not the situation anymore. And I felt like he, gave, he said, actually, you have permission to resign if you want to. Wow. Yeah, I think the funny thing, you know, when, you, when you're a preacher or a communicator, Sometimes you're preaching a message because you know what you're stepping into or maybe it's something you've gone through. But now that we're in this moment, I look back at the last probably two or three years and I think, wow, the majority of the messages would probably be God getting my heart ready for what we're doing now. Wow. It was so much around future. It was so much around embracing the new, letting go of the old. It was why identifying why change is actually really hard for us as humans. Yeah. Like, like going, why is it, we know it's hard. Like not, everybody had the capacity of change, but everybody had the breaking point. Like, I don't want to change. So <laughs> some people like, they don't want to change. And then there's people like, I love change, but there does come a point like, I don't like change that much. So everybody had a different capacity on that, but actually identifying this is why humans, we as people hate change. And so I just look back the last two or three years of a majority of my messages, teachings and talked. I'm like, oh God, you are setting me up to come to a place to be able to feel the release. The grace was lift, lifting and it lifted. Like mm -hmm. it was like, and that, that's the other part of the journey. Like, wow, the power of grace is really powerful. Mm -hmm. Like when you have grace to be in a space, you can do, you can, you can roll with a lot of punches. I mean, you can just figure it out. But when the grace is no longer there, you're like, I can't believe I did it for that long. Yeah. And that's just an amazing part of grace that I think we're getting like a real strong reality of like, wow, grace is so strong. Yeah. But just identifying why change is hard. Like there are literally around five different reasons why we as humans hate change. Mm -hmm. And going, oh my goodness, all five of these are going on in our life right now. Wow. Are we willing to embrace the future when we thought it was over here, but now it's over here? Mm -hmm. And and so that's that part of that journey and process of getting to the place that we got to. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's 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 so interesting to hear you guys kind of share that. And obviously, when again, one of the unique things about what you're walking through is you're walking through it at, 
at a pretty significant level of maturity. And, uh, and a lot of times when people are facing transition and I even look back at trends in my life, that, that wasn't, it's not that I was immature, but certainly, you know, I think this is why you have such a wealth of wisdom in this. And Candace, even as you were talking, I think when we were youth pastors in Seattle, uh, there was this, the rattling and I had no idea what to do with it. And even that high sense of responsibility, I feel that as well. And, and honestly, I was asking questions. And I, and I came to this, my first thought on all of this in my own life was like, I'm burned out. Oh, no, I'm, 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 I'm in my late 20s and I'm burned out. I'm that guy. You know, it was this, this was like, what have I done? And I actually remember I picked up a, a book by a guy named Wayne Cadero about burnout. And I read it, read it. It was very helpful. But it was like, oh, this is not, this is helpful, but this is not what's going on. And then it provoked in me, then what in the world is happening? And then there was just this like realization, the, the grace is lifted. God has something else for me. And I, I mean, that was, that was an, a long, that was not short, that period of time of the rattling beginning until understanding what that rattling was. And it, it honestly, it was scary. It was scary because it, it provoked it, uh, it, you know, it, it lied. It like, there's things about it where you're like, what is this? And now I look back on it and I, I realize, I think why so many people struggle with transition is because it's really hard to discern at the beginning. There's so many things because honestly, because what we all know is there's, other, there's a lot of other reasons that we could be struggling in the middle of an environment, you know, like burnout or, or like frustration or like things not going well. And so you, it's almost like there's this hard ability to actually figure out what in the world is happening to me. And that's a, that's a really scary place to be. Yeah. I think that's where um, what you're saying, Candace, is the necessity to have a secret place with the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, pastoring people, you know, they're wrestling through questions. How do I know if it's time to change? I'm irritated, so I'm going to leave this job. (laughs) Don't leave yet. Hold on. Or it's time, you know, Mm -hmm. I just, I'm bored. I need something new. It's like, if you don't have the the fallback place to go with God Mm -hmm. and and figure this out, like you're going to be making decisions out of some really unhealthy places, Mm -hmm. making decisions out of irritation or out of burnout or, you know, whatever else. But being able to, I love what you said that I just, gave myself permission to feel. God gave me permission. I brought yeah. all of it. Yeah. We brought all of it to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think what we do is, right, we're so self-preserving. Yeah. We just want to bring the good parts to mm-hmm. God and the parts that are all yeah. put together. And when we're able to bring the uh, the ugly, the hard, mm-hmm. the unknown, and hear what he says, yeah. it's just so important. To have and be open, to, be open to whatever he says. You know, <laughs> like, Lord, sec- if you asked me to cut, if you asked me to stay, I would do it. Like, I just need to hear from you. I would do any of it. It wasn't even about like, oh, I can't do this. I'm like, I actually want your heart. Mm-hmm. And that's when I felt release and permission. And then I have to say that it wasn't just before God. After I talked with God, I was on Dan- with Danny Silk the next day yeah. going, Danny, this is where I'm at. This is what's brought me. And he was a part of the whole thing. And I'm like, please speak into me. If there's, if I'm, am I crazy? Is this mm-hmm. weird? And um, so I had other people, and I'm working out with Eric as well. So it's not just secret place. I invited people who know me, who've yeah. been a part of the process. Yeah. My husband, um, we definitely went through it together. But then also other counselors and leaders in our lives and fathers and mothers who know us well. Mm-hmm. And I, I asked them, please mm-hmm. give me feedback. Poke holes in it. I don't want to be crazy. I'm so strong because I have you in my life too. So yeah. it was all of it. Yeah, I think it's important for anybody listening, like uh, anytime you make a major decision, there's a, quite a process yeah. to your point. Like, right. oh, I'm done. I'm going to go. No, no. The, so for our stories, like it, this was a 
quite a, honestly, a long process. Mm -hmm. And so now we've made the decision. It's not like, oh, shoot, we forgot to do X, Y, and Z. <laughs> It's right. like, no, we, we walk this road, yeah. and so now there's no regrets. Mm. And I think we can say there's no regret, not because we're excited for the future, because like, no, we, we really checked all the boxes, if mm. you will. Mm -hmm. Like, went before the Lord, each other, got, in, you know, we did, you know, we did all the different things that you do. And so I think it's, I'm glad we're talking about the, a little bit of the journey to making a decision because right. we live in a day where you get bored, you change. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm done with you. I'm moving on. And it's like, exactly. that, cause that's just rampant in our culture. So understanding that embracing the future that God has for you do require a good, healthy process. Yeah. And humility. Mm -hmm. yeah. Humility yeah. right before mm -hmm. our community because, again. You have to listen to them to be right. humble enough to listen. And I'm, with, I'm working <laughs> with young people who are like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not humble. <laughs> and it's so not like, loading. I'm going to move on. Exactly. It's, it's, yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm bored. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. I, I need to do me. I mm -hmm. need to do me. I need to do more of what makes me happy. Mm -hmm. And it's just creating oh. this, yeah, these really short lifespans and no commitment. And so I love talking about, hey, if you, if you feel transition coming, it is not a decision to be made on your own mm -hmm. or lightly yeah. or without a process. Like banning, banning is really glad. We've transitioned because, like, now we can talk about something else. <laughs> but what that does, it tells you, like, every week we, yeah. we call each other every week, and it would it dominated our conversation for a year because I'm I'm processing with one of my Thank closest you, friends, mm -hmm. and and Dan, and there's so many people. But banning for me was one of the guys is like banning this. I'm help me process this. Like, what do we do here? And so, but my point is like not doing it alone, which is yeah. what we're essentially talking about. Yeah. And I think actually, I mean, what you guys are are talking about is, is actually one of the questions I want to I want to ask you because you know, Candice, I feel like you and I actually are a lot more similar, and my wife Emily is is way more similar to Eric and how we respond uh, to to all of this. And I think one of the things we're admitting as pastors is right. We walk with a lot of people through transition, and a lot of times those transitions are not always right. A lot of them, they're, they're the result of pain, they're the result of failure, the result mm -hmm. of bad decisions. I mean, I think we all would say there are a lot of people who have transitioned well, but there's a lot of transitions in our lives too, as we're walking with people like, that is not good. You are, this is the wrong transition for the wrong reasons for all these things. And I think for me, right, even Candice, as you were talking about kind of what you, you, you've experienced in that, that sense of pain and people. And I think for me, it was like, oh, I've walked so many people through, through, transitions I didn't want to see them make, then that sudden sense of, oh, I'm, tra I'm transitioning. And I felt like a failure. And I felt like I was going to fail my people. I felt like I was, I was, uh, I, I feared and I feared failure in the future. I think for me personally, it was that, that it was the fear of failing those I w was with and the fear of not being enough for whatever God had for me. Those, th those were those two main tension points. And as you guys talked about, you're you're talking about there is a right way to walk through this. There's a right way to walk through the rattle. There's a right, right way to leave. There's a right way to go into what's next. And I would even just love to ask both of you, you know, for people that have that sense of transition, what have you, what, what did you guys do? What did you learn? Like, what would you say to people? How, what does it actually look like to respond to that in a godly way, in a, in a safe way, in an honoring way? and to really be obedient to Jesus in the midst of it. Yeah, honesty is a great place to start. Honesty with ourselves and then honesty before God. 
and and it's easy. That's easy to say. It's another thing to do because there's so much stuff going on inside, and some of the stuff scares us. Like it doesn't scare God, but it scares us. And so sometimes I'm like, Lord, I need to protect you from me because it's really ugly what's going on in here. Um, a lot of things that get us to places of transition or even question it are painful. Um, when I talk irritation, that's just you know that's a loaded word, but. And put that in on a relationship or put irritation in what does it look like in a leadership team? I mean, so you're working through different heart things and you talk about being really people of commitment and responsibility. That means it has 100% of your heart. And so those aren't just easy things to just be like, oh, well, we'll just change their decision, <laughs> change their mind. It's like cutting part of you off. And um, so in that space, being honest, and Beck, you mentioned humility. Humility is really key because if we don't have humility, then we really cannot invite God into anything else because we put ourselves at the top. Yeah. And if we truly trust God, then we have to open ourselves up and be humble to Him and then have ears to hear Him and eyes to see Him. So being honest uh, before God, being humble, um, and, then, um, and then being willing to take ownership ownership of like, it's easy to blame everybody else in something of like, you're jacked, yeah. <laughs> you have issues, <laughs> but really coming before God and being like, Lord, what's my part in this? And like, yeah. what am what am I to steward? Because at the end of the day, I'm going to meet you and I have to give an answer for everything I'm doing right now. And I just want to be able to sleep with myself at nighttime mm -hmm. and, and be able, and so mm -hmm. there's just uh, honesty and humility before God and um, just wanting to steward well what he's given us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, alongside that, I would say recognizing the Holy Spirit is is a comforter. You know, it's all the things in, in in the gospel and Acts. He's a comforter, helper, search of the deep things of God. And we, but the other part of the Holy Spirit that I know it's in Scripture, but it's in Scripture in a story format, and it's this: is that the Holy Spirit actually engaged with humanity to move them into the future. Mm. So when you look at the book of Acts, you look at Acts 2 all the way to Acts 15, it was 20 year space span of time right there. And the Holy Spirit was creating enough agitation in the church so that the gospel could be for all of humanity, not just the Jewish people. Mm. So when I read Acts 2 to 15, I see the, the how intricately involved the Holy Spirit was in the lives of people and the, the early church going, we're going somewhere. Like you can't stay here. Yeah. You can't just stay in Jerusalem. You can't just stay in this mindset of this is all for us. So the part I would add to what Candace said is recognizing, oh, the Holy Spirit isn't just comforting me, helping me, telling me the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit is either pushing me or pulling me forward. <laughs> yeah. He's doing one or the other. Yeah. That's good. And just understanding, like, sometimes that agitation it's actually the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And I think in the years to come, we'll be able to accurately look back and go, oh, that's how much God was actually involved. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're still like, we know He's involved now. How much before, it's still out. We're like, oh, we don't know yet. We need right. to get... So I think that's the other part I would add to this for anybody listening is recognizing the Holy Spirit is not just helping you in the middle of this. He may be actually pushing you through your future, mm -hmm. or he may be yanking you towards your future. Yeah. And just recognizing that, for me, when I when I saw that from Acts 2 to Acts 15, just a few years ago, I was like, oh, wow, I never really recognized that that's what the Holy Spirit does. Wow. He's just stirring things up in you so you don't stay somewhere. So and we as humans, we, we, we uh, 
I think one of the reasons, if I can go back to the Old Testament, I think one of the reasons why God had them keep moving in the world, the nation of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years. Mm-hmm. I know, why didn't he just pick one location and stay there for 40 right. years? Yeah. You kept died. moving the cloud. Yeah. He just kept, kept them yeah. moving. There's something about movement. There's something about not standing in one space mm-hmm. that is actually very spiritual and very human as well. Yeah. And so I think when I started to realize that, I thought, oh, some of this is God saying, hey, I'm taking you somewhere. Yeah. Are you willing? Are you willing to embrace where I'm taking you? So that was a huge part for me. What you're saying, you said humans don't like change. I'm like, I hate change so much. <laughs> I'm like, listen, let's not, you know. Totally. <laughs> I'm just, you, there's that personality type, right? It's like type A work. I want steady. I want routine. Enneagram one, like just give me, give me steady. And I'm like, oh gosh, um, that's just not how God works. <laughs> it's, yeah. and, and I'm so thankful because in my life, I'm like, oh, I still would have been in Wheatfield, Indiana. <laughs> totally. In my tiny town, you know, just thinking thinking small, thinking comfort. And really what we've done, I think, in, in like you said, the Western culture, is we've made idols out of comfort and mm-hmm. steady and certainty. When you say, you know, being friends with uncertainty, I'm like, yeah, I think uncertainty is my enemy. <laughs> Um, can we talk? Can you talk a little bit about what you've discovered? Yeah. You said just on this journey of, oh, as humans, we just we don't like change. Yeah, um, yeah. There's five. I, the reason I have my iPad in yeah. front of me because I, I sometimes forget one of them. So I want to make sure I didn't forget. Yeah. Um, but there's five reasons. One is economics. Oh. We as humans don't like change because our economics will be affected. Money. We're, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> where's my paycheck or where's mm-hmm. my income? And that's and these aren't like wrong. These are just these are just, just facts. factors. So, yeah, it's so economic. The second one is political position. The position I have in this space, I have to give it up. Mm. I have to let go of, you know, in our case, people have said, well, you like reached the pinnacle of ministry. I think this is funny. And you're letting it all go. And I'm like, well, first of all, if you think this is the pinnacle of ministry, you have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) So, but but that is the like, I mean, you're pastoring not just any church, but Bethel. And, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, hold on. Pinnacle ministry is not that. It's something mm. very different. Which, again, exposes how we, how in America yeah. we view success, how we view success oh, in ministry. Exactly. So political position is yeah. like my position in this space. Mm. Am I willing to give this up for what God has for me? Which is challenging for those of um, of us who really find significance in our role. Yeah. Which is a real thing, you yeah. know. That's huge. (laughs) Absolutely. And then personal identity. Like my identity is in what I do. And if I'm not doing this anymore, who am I? Now I have I have a more of a nuanced perspective on identity. Could you hear the common leadership principle? Don't have your identity too close to what you do because what you do, if it fails, then so goes your identity. Yeah. And I'm like, I agree with that, but I do challenge it because I'm also thinking, if you don't give yourself to what you do, what you do is not a full expression of you. Mm-hmm. It's just half baked. So this is my new, my latest, my latest, my latest uh opinion, I guess, would be the key isn't you don't put your identity into what you do or your identity is connected to what you do. The question is, do you know when it's time to let go? Oh, that's good. That's where it's a weakness. And so for me, I'm like, oh, I have to be willing to disconnect from this and let go. So personal identity is the third one. Uh, Personal comfort. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm I'm comfortable right here. Mm -hmm. And for some, we work so hard to get to this space. And I'm like, I got a I got a job. I got great income. Mm-hmm. 
I love my house. Just finished our uh, house. Yeah. You know, we're just like, this is awesome. Like yeah. people dream about this and here we are. So giving up personal comfort. And the last one, I think it's the most complicated, it's multi-layered, is our individual definition of how the kingdom works. Mm-hmm. Or in other words, this is this this is how God works. So he wouldn't do X, Y, or Z. <laughs> now, when you have one of these going on, it's hard to change. But when you have all five, that is for what I said earlier, you're stepping into more of a nomadic reality of like, yeah. I know you're giving me a hard it time. It feels extreme, nomad. <laughs> it is extreme, but, I, but, I, but I'm doing it for the point of, yeah. there yeah. is a sense of like, okay, I'm giving, we're giving up our economics, like it's gone. Yeah. Uh, political position. We are no longer in any position pol- in, in an organization. <laughs> our personal identity, well, we gave it all. And that was part of our grieving process of yeah. having to pull our identity out of it. Yeah. But it got the best of us. And that's why we're really proud of what we've done. Mm-hmm. Like we can go to bed going, we did a really good job. Like we crushed it. Yeah. So we know that. And then personal comfort, like, okay. And then I thought this is how it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. We had prophetic words too that had... Bethel in them, you know? So there was a lot to untwine to really face truth and to face um, just honesty before God and to process through. My biggest moment in this, not my biggest, there's a lot of big moments. It would be <laughs> last year. Um, I finally had to call my counselor up, the, the lady that helped me get through 2018, my really, the worst year of my life. But so this is in 2020, and I'm wrestling with all of this. And I think Ken said, you need to meet with you know, your counselor. So I did. I called her oh, up. Oh, please, and, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> when the counselor. Wife says you need to meet with the counselor. <laughs> yeah. I have referred so many people to her, by the way. She is boss. Anyway, she, long story short, um, I was stuck on the prophetic word part. I was like, but the, this is like God said this. And if we if we do something else, it's almost like we're going against that. Mm. And she, it took, I think it took it, a whole session, maybe two sessions to get me to, she said that you have to separate your prophetic words from a geographical location. Ugh. You have to. And that was hard. Like that was actually really painful. Uh, it was just very challenging for me. But the moment, it didn't, it didn't happen in a moment. The, it took me some time. It took me a few months. Mm-hmm. I had to rethink all my prophetic words not connected to a geographical location or even an organization. Mm-hmm. And once I did that, I realized all the, those words aren't wrong. The words are actually even more than I thought they were. And so that was part of my process yeah. of when it comes to the prophetic words. And then taking a look at two other words, covenant and inheritance. Mm. So for those of you that are listening, just to give you context why those words are huge, inheritance, my grandma and grandpa pastored this church in the 70s and 80s. My other grandparents have been a part of it for 60 years. The church is 62 or 63 years old. My mom was born and raised in this church, and my parents pastored this church from 1996 to, they're still there, but (laughs) when we stepped in. So so inheritance is very much like, this, this, this is, it. is it. This is it. So I had to I had to go before the Lord and say, God, I need a new definition of the word inheritance. Mm. Like because it's almost like I wasn't rejecting it, but I'm I'm moving away from it. And the Lord took me deeper into what inheritance actually is. Mm. And then the other word was covenant. And this one was very personal because in our culture, and this is in a this is not a commentary on Bethel's culture. It's actually what makes Bethel so phenomenal. It's the value of covenant. Mm-hmm. But Eric's definition of covenant was, we do this forever. 
Oh, you don't leave. Covenant means you stay together <laughs> you geographically. It's, it's this. Yeah. This is what we do. This mm-hmm. is, and 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 that's and there's the beauty in that. But what was happening for me, and this is just for Eric, I would I would now stuck and trapped in something, and I'm like, this this doesn't work. So re looking at my prophetic words, read getting God definition on covenant and getting His definition definition on inheritance. All of a sudden, flipped the switch. It took a lot to get there, wow. but it flipped the switch, and I go. Oh my gosh, the future's in front of us. <laughs> and honestly, even if it stayed at Bethel, so some of it's not like the future is I have to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. The future is also I change in mm-hmm. the process. Yeah. So for the listeners, not that doesn't mean you have to go to another city. Right. It may be you stay where you're at, same job, same role, same city, but something in you changes mm-hmm. and embraces the future. So Yeah, you're different. We realized too, like, oh God, you don't think like me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're so deep. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I think that, gosh, I'm just listening to you guys talk. Like, I mean, this is what the 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 crazy part of your transition, right, is what you you identified all five of these things, and it's 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 the significance of what happens when your your job, your place of significance, your place of leadership, your church family, your your personal you know personal network of relationships, and all of these things change so much. And the hard part, I think, for so many people. And certainly this is the hard part for me is, is it what, what, what transitions always exposed in my life. And, you know, whether this is exactly how you guys would phrase it or not, is it shows me all of the ways I've accidentally placed trust in the wrong things. And it's all of that false, that false place of trust. And and for me, you know, I I began to, the way I communicate now is this, I, I had no idea of this. But when we came, you know, it was it was a realization that it was not just God sending me to Atlanta. It was God sending Atlanta to me. And there was something in there that there was like, I, and I think this is what people miss, is that, yes, God is doing this great work. And there's it's for your future. I and mean, Eric, the way you articulate that is just incredible. If you haven't preached a sermon, please do. So I can just link everybody to it. Also preach a sermon on how to be friends with uncertainty so I can figure that one out. But, okay. <laughs> but, but, it's, but, but there's, there's that thing of realizing there is, there, is, there is a future God has for you. There is a purpose God has for you. God's, God's doing something. But there's us also this incredible version of you that has to go through this process. And it is, it is this thing that God is trying to do to awaken the fullness of us. And I don't think I fully understood that. And in fact, you know, if, if God ever invites us into some kind of radical transition, again, I'm sure I'll have to go through it in a whole new brand way, as, as I imagine we all will. But I think that that picture of like there is part of this is that there is something in me that God is trying to awaken. And if yeah. I don't let him do this, that the reality of the, of the way he's trying to express his fullness in me, I'm putting a, a stop to it. And I think that is... That is why I can now like look at people and say, it, you, you, it is so worth trusting God with everything because this is the beauty of Jesus is at the end of the day, he, he's after you. He's doing this for you. There's a version of you that he's so in love with that he's waking up, that he's working through. And, and it requires, for me at least, it required going, I'm afraid. And God, it, what is making me feel weak? And it's ultimately making me have to own all of the places I've said I trust you and I don't. And I've, I've, I've placed false trust after false trust after false trust. 
and then letting God meet me there. That, that, that's actually the most significant things that have made me who I am. When I've stepped into that place of going, you know, there's that beautiful moment in the scriptures when, when the, the man comes to Jesus for, for healing and, and, and he's, you know, Jesus asks, do you believe? And he says, I believe, help me with my unbelief. And there's that incredible human moment that, that I think is in that scripture that's like just, just transcendent because we all know it in different ways and in different shapes. Mm-hmm. It's like, God, I'm coming to you and I believe you. But if I'm honest, there's all of these places I don't believe you and I don't know what to do with that. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to, how to, how to reconcile those things. And it's there. And that's what I've learned. It's there. It's trusting God there that he does things that we could never imagine. And, that, and that, that's why we have to get this right. Because it's, I, I just, and, and um, if we don't, not only will we miss everything God's trying to do through us, but I ultimately, I think, will miss who he's trying to make us into. Mm-hmm. And you're not able to, to let go of what you're holding on to. I, my transition story is not n- nearly as huge as what you guys are walking through, but I was, so I've been on staff with Jesus Culture for 10 years, actually this year. And so I was doing a job that I had mastered. I, it was the pinnacle. <laughs> I was at the pinnacle yeah, uh-huh. of this job, you know, yeah. like I was comfortable and I'm in the creative team and I'm, I'm leading a team and I'm, I developed skills in my early twenties and I'm here and I'm like, oh, this mm-hmm. is so great. This is what I'm gonna be doing. This is my role within Jesus Culture. And then uh, our fearless leader, Banning, approached me and said, what do you think about youth pastoring? And I died laughing hysterically. I was like, oh my gosh, you're the funniest boss ever. Um, and he started to talk to me about how he was feeling. And this is you know, an instance where a leader of mine was feeling transition. Mm-hmm. And he said, I, I feel like you know, it might be time for you to step into something new and mm-hmm. we need this. And you know, have you ever thought about this? Da, da, da whole long story of I was just like, absolutely not. Again, I don't do change again. I don't. um, And I want to know that I'm going to be good at something. And I want to know that, and I want to know that it's, it's certain. Like I wanted to walk into something with certainty. So I'm like, why would I leave something I've mastered that I'm great at, that I'm comfortable and that I'm successful to go into something that I've never done. And I don't even know if I'm good at it. And, you know, Banning, we all love and know. He's like, why wouldn't you want yeah. to do that? Like, that is what, you know, that is the beauty of following Jesus. And and I, but I was just not, and he, and he was gracious. He's like, hey, I want you to hear from the Lord. And I'm like, mm-hmm. thank you. I don't hear from the Lord. And, <laughs> he uh, will not yes, speak on yes, this. Yes, the Lord is silent about this matter or, you know. And um, I'm wrestling and, you know, through through that whole process praying and, I was listening to a Christine Kane message, Christine Kane, you know, the preacher, and she was talking about trapeze artists. Mm. And she was watching a, a, you know, a Cirque du Soleil show. And she said, I, there's always the moment where the artist has to let go mm-hmm. of the bar they're on to jump into the bar that they're going to go to. And she just had that, that moment. I remember like, it was like, you know, everything blacked out, everything tunneled yeah. into that moment. And I, that word is echoing. The Lord's like, you have to let go of what you know, mm-hmm. and you're, and it's the midair. It's the midair of, of holding on, of being able to grasp onto what I have for you. And I knew if I stay, it, it'd be fine. I'd be fine. I'm not going to, you know, mm-hmm. it's not going to be my demise. It'd be fine. But does God just want me to be fine? And, and jumping into it now, and now it's been six years, and I've been youth pastor, and it's opened up a whole new side of 
my call and my vision for my life. And I'm like, wow, now I can't imagine like doing, you know, doing something else or or not being in the vein that I'm in. But it was that moment of letting go of what I knew. It was so awful. I, I think I kick, I'm still probably kicking and screaming of, you know, like, oh, this is, this is painful. And so I'd love for you guys to speak to, we just, uh, I think again, in our culture, we define what's God by what's good. What, what feels good, what's easy. And so it's like, oh, if it's, if it's going to be hard or painful, it, and I, again, I have the context of young people. So they're like, it must not be the Lord because it's really hard. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, where did that thinking come from? Could you guys talk about that? I mean, mm-hmm. in this, you're, you're here in the, I feel like you're in the, the trapeze artist moment of the mid, the, mm-hmm. you're in the mid air. You've let go <laughs> of the bar that you knew and what you were holding on to, to take hold of something else. And has it, is it all just easy and feeling good and smooth sailing, or what's been the what's been the the hard parts of of that midair process, and and how do you not let that shake that you know it's God? Yeah, when we're in the in the moment of just going, yeah, we trust God, and what does trust look like? Mm-hmm. Trust looks like um, knowing who He is. I mean, that's where trust comes from. When we yeah. say we trust in God. It's not because of who we are. It's because mm-hmm. He's so faithful and mm-hmm. our seasons change. He doesn't change. And, and then when we say it's like going through the Psalms and like the Lord is my refuge mm-hmm. and like, okay, well, did that, was that, was that true in the last season? Yes. Is that true even though you are unemployed and you don't know what you're going to do next? Yeah. yeah. And, and for me, it's actually the sweetest times of worship. So worship's when we give God our affection, we give Him. Actually, I think even when I trust Him, worship is actually a lot of things. But yeah. this is probably one of the sweetest worships is when either I am laying down fear, I'm laying, I'm not, I'm choosing to not um, make it be about myself and I'm choosing to really adore Him and who He is mm-hmm. in a place that cost me something. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, it's a complete honor to be able to worship God and to say that He is good, to say that He's a refuge in a place where you don't, might not feel safe on the, you know, where, where, were you, who, where will you get your income in three months? <laughs> or where will you live? And will it be as successful as it was in the last season? And um, so there's a lot of questions. So in the questions, to give your God your whole heart means you have to um, let go of all those things. And so that's, that's for me where I find the peace and that's where I find the sweetness of everything. Um, and yes, there's challenge in that, but there's even more honor than there is challenge. Mm-hmm. And um, in that place as well, I find purity of heart. And that's always my goal in life is because I, I know that God cares about our heart the most. And it's the weirdest thing because it's the thing we can't see. Um, but, and it's just beating inside of our chest. It's at the core of who we are. But in that place, like you want to have purity of heart because that's where you get to see Jesus. And so whatever that looks like to get down to that, that's kind of my goal in the middle of this transition. And it's really my opportunity right now. And all of us, as we're in the middle of transition, is we get the opportunity to give God all, which means we can't hold on to other things. And um, easier said than done, but not impossible. And then I do believe like Phil's talking about, really it's who God is making us to be. And there's something that's getting formed that's really beautiful. I've seen it in so many other people's lives and through our um, other opportunities that we've taken great risks and transition. But I can tell we're in the middle of another one and I can see a testimony mm. being shaped and I just see great things ahead. Mm-hmm. Even, and that's part of the faith is you don't see them yet. They're not on the table. And I don't yeah. know what they are, but I know in the core of who I am. That yeah. something's up ahead. Yeah, alongside of that is just you know kind of continuing what Candace was saying was, 
you know, when you experience the faithfulness of God, it's something you can always fall back on. Yeah. So I think, you know, at this stage in our life, we've just experienced the faithfulness of God in countless ways. So it's like, oh, the faithfulness didn't end. It's going to continue. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a place of refuge. That's a place we can always run to no matter how our day is going or no matter how our week is going. It's like God's faithful. We can always hide in that space. The other thing that I think I, I really, I think we, I think Candace would agree is we have drawn close to a group of people that we do life with. Mm-hmm. So surrounding yourself with people that have skin in the game with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've found in the last couple of months, especially as we were making the decision and even after we made the announcement. So we're talking about a four, month, four or five month period now. So where we are today when this thing started back in September, so whatever the math is there, like just the people that we are friends, just normal friends, all of a sudden are, we've been pulling on them more or surrounding ourselves. We, you know, the balance I think is how many voices do you surround yourself with? So there's a balance there, and everybody has a different capacity there. But I've noticed that, like, oh, there, there's a, not a very large group, but there's a really important group of people in our life, from friends uh, to fathers and mothers, like, hey, um, this is where we're at, and staying really close to them in the process. Because the danger, and, I, and this, we haven't experienced it yet, but I, 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 we've been alive long enough to know the danger is you can get in a, in a loop or a rut. And we don't want to get in a rut like, okay, six months down the road, we missed something that we should have embraced mm-hmm. in six months ago. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's, it's, there, there's a timing thing. Mm-hmm. So even the trapeze thing, like you can let yeah. go, but that other one's got to be coming. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I want to make or sure I know fall. when that one comes. Because if you miss it, you're, it's over. Yeah. You start again. And so, and I'm not, I'm not scared of starting over, but I am like, there is a, a timing, there is a sequencing. And, that's good, and yeah. There, and that's like staying close to God, mm-hmm. hiding in His faithfulness, and then practically staying in community. Like, yeah. please speak into it. If we're, if we're not doing something in an area of our life, like we're not processing well or we're getting stuck, yeah, please call that out. Right. Because there is a sequencing in this. There is a timing in this. Now, let's say the trapeze doesn't come or we <laughs> missed it. I'm not, we can go, well, God's faithfulness is there. It's going to happen again. So it's not a fear like we're going to miss, miss it, it, but it's just a reality of like there is a, there is a sequencing and a timing. And so I think doing those three things have been really, yeah. so far, have been mm-hmm. kind of what we relied on so That's far. so good. And you get, right, we, we experience people who they're like, oh, yeah, I transitioned out of that a long time ago. And we're like... Well, what'd you transition into? <laughs> yeah. And now your your life kind of looks a little bit of a mm-hmm. mess. So you've left, you know, the the thing you were supposed to leave, but you never, you know. I keep thinking of um, in Genesis when a- when Abraham's called, and you know, it says, "Go to a land that I will show you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just the land that I will yeah. show you. I wonder, that, <laughs> and we haven't, we're not in this space, but this is me just thinking ahead. Like, I wonder when you leave a comfort zone, the next one becomes your new comfort zone. Yeah. And some and I, I don't know this yet, but like I wonder if you have to almost go through another process of moving out of a hallway, like, oh, this hallway's pretty yeah. <laughs> this hallway's really comfortable. I, I I I get it now. I've liked this limbo. Yeah. Now I gotta <laughs> I gotta let go of that comfort zone yeah. to step into a room. And so that'll be interesting. We're not there at all, but I'm like, that'll be interesting. <laughs> and I wonder, you know, at least we've pastured so many people over the years and some of them have been in the hallway for a decade. And it's like 
Has I this become think, your season I, of life now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's not a, it's not a a just a season; it's become a lifestyle. <laughs> you know, you feel you. I mean, we've all a patch of like, wait, okay, I don't know. Pick something. Yeah. Maybe yeah. who knows? You know, we're not God, so we don't know right. the eternal mm-hmm. aspect of this. But I have some thoughts around. Maybe that became your new, the hallway became your room, mm-hmm. but you weren't supposed to stay there forever. So it'd be interesting, you know, talk to us in six months, yeah. and, you know, we'll see. So anyways. And people do that with relationships too, right? I'm yeah. thinking of, you know, people finding themselves in transition with just relationships with people, friendships that you're supposed to, like, oh, you were, that <laughs> that was a hallway, that was a hallway community mm-hmm. and you need to, you know, oh, move yeah. on or just, just all yeah. different things, jobs and seasons and seasons in life. Um, but yeah. Phil, you, yeah, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, like, I, I just honestly, you know, we're, we're friends, right? So I, so I know you guys and, and in this, but I, honestly, as a friend, but just as, 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 as somebody who loves God's people so much, I just want to say thanks. Like, I think I'm, as I'm listening to you talk and, and just talk honestly through this, one of the reasons I think this is so hard for people is because we just don't have examples, like most, if we're honest, yeah. most transitions are poor and that's what's so hard. Most transitions are, are pain. Most transitions are failure. Most transitions are, or even if they're right, there's so many mistakes along the way. And just, I just say this just out of honor and thankfulness and sincerity that, that uh, please keep being vocal about this because mm-hmm. we and the church desperately need examples of how to do this in faithfulness and how to do it the right way and how to do it in honor and how to do it in obedience. And what you guys have charted to this point and what will inevitably be charted in the future. It's just so important. So honestly, I just want to say thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Phil. That means a lot. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Uh, I think we, we will have to have a follow-up. We'll see. Yeah. Will you guys <laughs> go oh. to the land that God will show you? Hey, we might be on staff at Jesus Culture. <laughs> Danny, you need a we've role got a, here? We've got a couple uh, job openings yeah. in the youth department, you guys. <laughs> I, we have some experience. <laughs> oh, thanks so much um, for coming on and for connecting with us and just sharing so openly where you guys are at. I know this was a helpful conversation for, for us. And yeah, we love it. And we'll have you guys on again soon. Of thanks course, we love us. you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.